0: Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and I have my really good friend Jeremy right here to talk about his favorite thing in the world aside from his wife and his dog Ooh. soccer there we cool. go what's up buddy how are you <laughs> that was an amazing intro you know and Thank i'm doing you. great i'm very excited uh love you wife wherever she is and yeah we're ready to go <laughs> you said that loud enough so she could hear you know she's in uh what is that um distance she's close enough that she could absolutely hear so that was very nice of you to do that but appreciate you coming on man definitely very excited to get to talk a little bit about the thing as i said that you love so much get to talk about something that I don't really know too much about, but with everything coming back and everything kind of, you know, it's going to be sports, man. Like it's sports. So I'm absolutely interested in watching it. I'm probably going to watch some of it with you, which is going to be a lot of fun. So it's, it should be a good time. Um, But yeah, man. So tell me a little bit about yourself, I guess, where does your love of soccer uh, really come from?
1: Yeah. So I have been playing soccer for, over 20 years. I started when I was like, you know, four or five, somewhere there. I got in like the little peewee camps and stuff like that. And, uh, it just really clicked with me. It was like my favorite sport all growing up. Um, I had the fortune of playing, you know, throughout high school and college and, um, you know, p- past college, I've still been playing with like, you know, adult leagues around where I live. So, um, it's just been a wonderful way to, you know, make friends to, uh, you know, just converse with people that you wouldn't expect that would like soccer. You know, I've, uh, had plenty of opportunities to travel the world and talk to lots of people about their love of soccer. And it's such a cool thing that just unites anyone from any background. So, um, and there's, there's such an energy to soccer that I feel like you don't get with necessarily other sports as much. Mm Um, you know, anybody who's ever been to a live game can attest to that. Like it's truly there's no atmosphere quite like it, you know. So um I think those were like the huge drawing points to me. And that's why I've wanted to, you know, pursue it for as long as I have. And it's hopefully as long as my knees don't give out on me, I'm gonna keep playing for, you know, another 20 years will be great. So <laughs> keep
0: going, I'm sure your team would love it. Uh, you know, shout out to your brother, of course, Nick Wright, also another good friend of mine. You guys uh just take down that adult league you, you you put it humbly but i think you just you're like back to back to back champions in some capacity so it's always it's always nice to see not only are you playing but you're you're crushing while you're there and shout out actually um now that i think about it your old soccer coach was actually already on the show peter urich uh, go back a few episodes he was on there it's on youtube it's on linkedin live he's also in the podcast obviously and that was a really interesting one he's got some good stories about jeremy so shout out Shout out, Coach Yurick! What a what a good yeah. Guy. He
1: was definitely pretty honest, which I appreciated. You know, it was interesting to hear his side of things, and uh, I'd have to agree with it. You know, his his take on my you know playing career in high school. I think he nailed it on the head for sure.
0: Amen. <laughs> hey as long as he wasn't lying, that's all we're here for. Um, so yes. Today we are going to be talking a little bit about the English Premier League. Yeah, English Premier League—that's a mouthful. The EPL, we call it EPL. It's easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah obviously, <laughs> we quickly found that one out. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit about the Champions League because obviously everything kind of is a feeder up to that anyway. So I think the first thing we do have to discuss is the player safety, right? I mean, like with all these leagues coming back, we're seeing basketball coming back. I mean, today we're seeing some NFL teams go to camp, and now they're all starting to test positive. A lot of college <laughs> teams have already had that. I mean, it's happened to Bama. It's happened to a couple places as well of note. So I guess what. What are these powers at B? You know, again, this is a gigantic, gigantic money making machine. And we all <laughs> understand we want sports back, but we also have to make sure these guys are being healthy and they're safe. So what are Absolutely. some of the things that these, again, the the powers, the owners, the the health officials are saying to make sure that these players will, be as safe as possible within you know i'm assuming some sort of type like bubble situation
1: right so you know it's very interesting just to see it from the united states perspective because you know we're handling things totally different than all the countries around the world um and especially in regards to the way europe's handling all the different soccer leagues like um, you know, right when this first was beginning, uh, there are several leagues that kind of just said right off the beginning, we're just cut, canceling the season, moving on to the next one, uh, which is disappointing for everyone in those countries. And for those of us that liked watching them. Um, but thankfully there's, you know, countries like Germany who have been playing for, you know, a little while now, which has been great. Um, the Spanish league just started up this past weekend, England's starting up in two days. So it's, it's really exciting time, but, um, it really is like a country by country, uh, difference between how they're really going about it. But, um, there's definitely a lot of similarities between all of them. Um, you know, player safety is really, really huge, of course. And they also have to think about all the different staff that have to be there. It's not just the players. There's all the, you know, coaches, assistant coaches, the referees, the people who actually have to go to the stadiums and broadcast the game. So it's, it's not as simple as, you know, sending out 22 guys say play soccer, we'll leap you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, but with in England, at least what's been interesting is since they've been waiting so long to get started, um they've been doing some stuff that's been in my eyes something that the american sports could really benefit from using like following their model um you know it's it's stuff you would expect teams to do would be um you know test each and every week to see who which players are uh, potentially positive for the virus if anybody is positive they're immediately you know sent home it could be a player it could be somebody bringing water to the guys any everybody in these arenas these uh, training grounds they have to be tested Um, and that's something that's really going to be ongoing indefinitely, you know, it's not like this is going away. So that's kind of a simple thing to begin with. Um, another interesting thing that they're doing is they're using these things called like a a clinical passport, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's more or less just a thing that these players, staff, et cetera, they can have like on their cell phone, or they can literally bring this little documentation with them. And this thing more or less says that within the last five days, week, whatever it is, I have not had Corona you can see my documentation. So it's really proving that every single time they come here, they're telling the truth. Um, Because, you know, temperature checks can only go so far. Those tests can only go so far. So it's like layer of layer of layer of being secure with all Mm -hmm. this. So um, it seems really smart to me. It seems like it's been working okay. Um, You know, a lot of players are very mixed feelings about this because, uh, you know, we just think of it, there's just, you know, machines that go play the sport, they go home. But, you know, so many of these people have families um, that they have to consider, you know, and a lot of like the bigger players are like, why am I going to go risk the, the, you know, the health of my child to play soccer? You know, that exactly. kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's, um, the, the people, like the argument that, you know, they, um you know, the owners are just trying to start this or again, you know, the leagues are just starting trying to start this because of money. I mean, obviously, right? Like there's a lot of people that do, benefit from this from that guy that brings water uh, right like there's a lot of full-time jobs that come with a a team and something that is going on you know in the in the sports worlds but the people that say like oh they're only doing this to make money i mean if any of these players test positive that's a huge problem a for the player and their family of course but also for the team right they're smashing all these games into a really ridiculously condensed period so they want to make sure all of these players are as safe and as healthy as possible, because if you get one of your top players gone for a minimum of two weeks, that's, I yeah, mean, that's it's huge. huge, right? So it's it's not like they're just kind of go all willy nilly. So I think it's really interesting, as you said, how they're really going about this process to make sure that not just the players are safe, but the the, the guys that bring the water, the trainers, the staff, everyone's safe. Now, some of the stuff, to, in my opinion, is just like ridiculous. Like we've been, I've been watching German soccer. I know you've been watching it a little bit too. And it's like, on the bench, they have to sit in like different rows and wear masks <laughs> yeah. and they're on the field running into each other. Like I watched two dudes knock heads and one guy got unconscious. You're telling right. me like no breath was shared that you know, so it's like, all right, it's optics, whatever. But yeah, that's a big else, part of it. Everything else seems like it is a pretty legit thing that they're trying to do to make sure that these guys are spaced out, they're healthy, they're doing everything they need to. Um, is there anything else that they're they're trying to do? I guess health-wise, as you said, that that passport's really interesting. <clears throat> But, like, how does it work? Like, do they, does, like, a doctor have to sign it or, like, stamp it or something?
1: Like, how exactly (laughs) does it work? So, it's a little unclear because this is, you know, a fluid situation as it has been the whole time. But for my understanding, it's, like, every time they get tested by their team, um, it gets put into this little passport mm-hmm. thingy, whatever you want to call it. And that's kind of how they document it. And uh, if there's like any symptoms that would be indicating you might have Corona that's on there so that mm-hmm. uh, that way they can kind of track it. And that way, if someone on the team does have it, they can see when it happened, who they might've been in contact with, and they can try and, you know, separate mm-hmm. those people away, that type of thing.
0: Very interesting. And yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's a respiratory illness, it's a respiratory virus. So breathing is pretty important, especially to soccer players. You guys yeah. run around a lot. So <laughs> I think that is a, definitely pretty important when it comes down to it. And I guess in, in terms of um conditioning, what what are what is the EPL doing and what are the owners of the, the teams the leagues doing to make sure that, you know, again, these dudes there it's it's you can stay, you can run a lot, you can do things, but there's no such you, you only get in game shape by playing games right so what are they doing to make sure that there's a little bit of leeway i guess for these teams to kind of work with in that in terms of that
1: yeah well you know as as the situation has developed the uh the powers that be that control these things they've been you know slowly letting the players you know pass more restrictions like mm-hmm. um, several weeks back they let the players start like individual training um on a field like they weren't allowed to be around anyone then they kind of slowly started to get it back to normal Um, Within the last couple of weeks, they've allowed teams to like scrimmage each other, you know, same thing, empty stadiums, but they're still Mm -hmm. letting that happen. Um, And a smart decision that was passed for like all European teams around the world and other teams around the world was that they changed the amount of substitutes you're allowed to have per game. Um, Because on a typical game, you can only make your three subs uh, just because they want to keep the pace going. They don't want to, you know, slow down or anything like that. Um, But now what they're doing is they're allowing teams up to six subs, which is, of course, for the Um, You know, safety of the players, you know, these guys haven't had their normal training routine for the past several months. So they're not going to be in their total fitness. So they're thinking, um, you know, not only these guys out of shape potentially, but they have to play so many games, so many days, let's try and limit the wear and tear in their body. um, So that way we don't sacrifice next season because so many guys are tearing ACLs or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, but the smart thing that they did is they said, you can't make six individual substitutions throughout a game. Cause that would be awful. You know, if two teams made a total of 12 subs, that would be so boring. Uh, so what they limited to is that you can have like three substitution periods per game. So it's like, you can, you know, put on two guys at one point or spread it out. However you want that kind of thing. Okay. So it's still, you're technically only allowed to make three substitution breaks, but you can, you know, increase the number of players to six, which I think is really smart. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they also increase the size of the bench that these teams are allowed to have. Because typically you'd only have um, I think 10 players or so that you have on your bench, but now they've expanded it to like 16 or something like that. So wow. they're just doing everything to try and you know help out as much as they can.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Absolutely. And I think it, it's it's pretty important. You're seeing it, you know, if baseball ever figures their shit out, um, that is going to be, you know, they're 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 considering increasing the roster size, which makes sense. Again, it's you know, a lot of other people, a lot of other it's it's like this weird. You're adding more bodies which is the one thing you kind of don't want to do <laughs> but because of the fact that is hey we're running around a lot we're being super active and we haven't for such a long time or at least not at this extent not at this extent right you kind of have to so it's kind of this like well this is a weird situation we're trying to keep away from each other but we're bringing more people into the situation <laughs> it makes sense as long as you're following all the protocols i think everything's going to be fine um and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's anything else in terms of like the health and and the player safety side of it. I think that's that's a pretty big chunk of it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and, it's, and it's as we all know, it's it's going to change, you know, whatever of they course. say for these first games this week, they might be like, oh, this was a terrible idea. Let's adjust it, you know, because um, obviously they've never dealt with the situation before. So nobody truly knows what the best course of action is. So um, I think they're just going to call for a lot of patience from, you know, us as the fans, the players, everybody involved in it, because they just got to kind of They need to remember that the priority is safety, it's not just going out there. And at the end of the day, just playing a game. It's really, there's people's lives that are going to be impacted by this. So, um, who's to say? I know they have a plan for this year, but I'm sure it'll be different come the start of next season. Mm -hmm. We just don't know.
0: Yeah, we are, everything is up in the air. And again, you know, Bundesliga has been, what, it's been, it feels like it's been back for about a month now, right? Like it feels like it came back end of May. Have you, again, you're a little closer to soccer than I am, you just pay attention to it more. Have, has there been anything? that they have been doing that's been so well that some of these other European leagues are starting to adopt? Or is it kind of just hearsay and, and they're not really coming out and being like, we didn't think this would be good, but they've done it and it works. worked. <laughs> like, has anything like yeah. that happened?
1: Well, well, from my understanding, I think everybody's kind of like, let's watch what they do and see how it <laughs> works out. Because they're like, we don't want to be the first ones to like yeah, make some yeah. colossal mistake. Or if it's going really great, be like, yeah, that was our idea. You know, we'll do the same thing. Yeah, right. um, And from what I know, I, I haven't he- heard of any like, huge hiccups or anything with the Bundesliga. So I would imagine that a lot of teams or a lot of you know, leagues around the world will try and follow uh, some forms of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Of course, it varies. You know, Like we were saying before, each country is kind of doing it their own way. Um, you know, the scheduling is pretty, is going to be somewhat similar to what the Bundesliga did, where they're going to have a couple games a week. That's kind of a similar model that most teams will follow. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle like the lack of crowd as far as noise, because, um, there's been talks, I I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but there's been talks that on the broadcast side like the premier league they're going to use soundtracks that have been like pre-recorded from Mm. uh the fifa video game actually they're going to be using those like ea's like yeah you could take our stuff why not Uh so when we're watching it i don't know if it's going to be pumped through the stadiums but from the broadcast side of you we're going to be able to hear um some guys going to be like behind the scenes like djing almost Mm -hmm. putting on like the sound effects which i which i appreciate because that first week when the bundesliga was back and it was just like quiet in the stadium it just Mm -hmm. it felt strange you need that environment like i was saying before
0: it, it's it's so weird uh i, I agree because i watched when it first came back i mean that was the first thing back for since i don't know, what since march so of course i watched you know saturday morning 9 30 i was geared up i had some bets yeah. in i had some, <laughs> some lineups in like i was ready i was putting money down won a couple bucks too no yeah there you ideal. go yeah but, um no it and it, it there it was super weird and i was watching this past weekend and they they did have the crowd noise and you can do it they did it in such a way where you actually didn't even see the stands They had it, so it was just focused in on the stadium, you know, that one wide angle, that one wide shot. So you don't even realize, like, you can hear the crowd, but you don't see them, but you don't kind of make the connection that it was fake. Right. And I kind of just, I fell right back into it. You're right. It's like that atmosphere is really weird. It got super weird. Again, I I saw some two dudes just crack heads. The one guy very clearly (laughs) concussed. It was kind of brutal, but... They put him on a stretcher and picked him out and then you start hearing the crowd like clap and like cheer because he was okay and I was like that's weird that's a little over the top yeah but it's just that it's that less than the like cheering and the excitement. It's just more that murmur that always that kind of just constant. Yeah. You need a little bit of background noise. noise. You don't exactly. want to just have like silence and the announcers going, you need to have that little bit of the feel like you're really
1: a part of the stadium. You know, it makes exactly. such a difference.
0: It, it absolutely did. I, I definitely enjoyed these last few weeks over that first week, that first week. was I thought it was going to be yeah. weird with fake noise. It's definitely way weirder without fake noise. Oh, so for sure, today. it yeah, was an improvement. So, so we're talking about the Bundesliga a little bit, and I know I kind of messed up the intro, but we're here now. And this, is, this is why we. That's do okay. Live, but, no problem. Um, kind of threw through a curveball. I wanted to see if you could uh you work on your feet. In terms of Bundesliga, one thing that I've actually you know, again, I don't watch too much soccer in general. I watch the World Cup and I watch like the European Cup and then the North American one, and <laughs> that's like a <laughs> And in terms of like club soccer, um. I know you're a big Man City fan, so we'll get to oh, that in, yeah. in a little bit. But what I have recently found out is that Bundesliga came back first, but they're one of the lower tiered in terms of country talent, let's call it, or teams talent. You know, you have Bayern Munich, but after that, it's kind of, you know, Dortmund a little bit and then some other dudes. In terms of, can you kind of rank, I guess, the countries and and their their leagues for us just so people have an understanding of what we've been watching Compared to you know on Wednesday when we turn on the t v what we will be watching
1: <laughs> right yeah it's it's one of those interesting things where it kind of like um it, it's like a cycle almost where every couple of years there's another league that kind of kind of re- rises mm-hmm. to the top as far as having um the most amount of good teams you know mm-hmm. if that makes sense so um, and it also depends how you want to quantify it, because if you measure it by, uh, you know, who, who's winning the Champions League the most, who's progressing the furthest, that kind of thing, um, it's hard to argue against uh, the run that Spain has had the last couple of years, because uh, they have the two giants, you know, Barcelona and Real Madrid, who are, mm. they're never going to be a bad team. They're always going to be up there. They're always going to be every single year contending for every trophy they, you know, they enter. Um, but, you know, similar to Germany, it's like we said, Bayern Munich, again, powerhouse, always going to be incredible. They could win it any year. No, no, nobody would be like uh, that. Would never be an upset. Um, but then after that, both of those, you know, the Spanish and the German league, the the level of teams significantly drops down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sure, there's some good teams in both those leagues that have you know had some European success, um, but never quite to the level that you'd see with the other big teams. Um, and I think just a large part of that is is when these players are. Um, you know, getting the opportunity to choose which league they want to play in um, for those that are good enough to have that choice. Of course, that's not everyone. But uh, it, it oftentimes seems like these players want to go to uh, the Premier League or they want to go and play, uh, you know, in Spain. It's something about Germany. I don't think you get as many of the the, the highest ca- ca- caliber players wanting to go there. Um, my speculation, but yeah. yeah, um, yeah what what you see is again if you want to measure as far as a country's league uh talent wise as far as their european progression in the champions league um this past year there was you know more teams in england than anybody else getting it towards the end of the whole competition mm-hmm. um and it's not it's not like any of these other countries aren't producing good talent it's just that there's something about the english premier league that um in my opinion seems to have the most amount of teams that are capable of playing with anybody else you know um like even a team that's in the premier league that wouldn't be you know not one of the big six like let's say you had a team like i don't know um newcastle right they're definitely not going to win the premier league this year but they're certainly capable uh you know holding their own with anybody in some of the other leagues Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if i'd have that same confidence with some of these teams you know that are a little bit lower down the bundesliga um and what's what's great about the premier league in relation to Ah, uh, some of the other leagues is that there's such a disparity, um, at least recently, in who's winning the title every year. Mm-hmm. Um, Germany, it's it's you know Bayern literally every single year. They, they're not going <laughs> what
0: was it, like nine in a row or some yeah like, like
1: the they, they had had you know Dortmund's challenged them a couple times, but again, it's just like Bayern is so far superior than anybody else. It's just like nobody even pays attention. It's like all right, mm-hmm. Bayern's got the title. What else could be you know played yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's almost like the same thing in you know Spain because it's like. Yeah, you have, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, they're kind of going back and forth. Atletico Madrid's another team that can contend. But past those teams, it's like nobody else ever really challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to the Premier League, you know, you know the past two years are a bit of a poor example. It's this Liverpool-City race, but, um, you know, you're never going to hear of a Leicester winning a title in, like, the Bundesliga. You know, that was mm-hmm. something incredible that you're only going to get yeah. in the Premier League type. Um, And that's kind of what's great about the Premier League is seemingly every year, you really can uh, make an argument for several teams that have a chance to win the whole thing. Cause there are so many teams in the premier league that are capable, have the talent. Uh, they have the depth on their roster. You don't necessarily see that as much in some of the other leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same is true for Italy. Italy has got you know, a nice disparity as far as uh, the level of talent. But again, there's not like any team in Italy that seems to be like head and shoulders above, you know, the rest of Europe. There's not like a uh, Bayern Munich that plays in Italy. You know, there's yeah. a little bit more disparity. Um but as far as, you know, Italy, there's Juventus, of course, uh, with, our, with our friend, Cristiano, who's, you know, a god, of course. Yeah, our actually,
0: actually, our very good friend. Uh, we, should, yeah. we should bring him on the podcast next time. Yeah. I, oh, he, I, he bring you on. Him. I should bring yeah. him on. Yeah, that's not me, man. Sorry. <laughs> next time, I'll bring him on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But again, you know, you have Juventus,
1: you have Milan, you have Inter, but then it's kind of like, you know, there's Roma, but then it's like, like, there's none of those teams that are truly going to challenge, you know, there's Napoli, but it's like in the Premier League, there's like four or five teams every year that are capable of winning, not only the Premier League, but winning the whole Champions League. So that's kind of what makes the Premier League so fun, is that there's, you know, so many truly good teams in there. And that's why there's such a huge level of competition every single game. All of them matter so much.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's always very interesting to me whenever you hear people talk about soccer. It's it's they're they're not talking about La Liga, they're talking about Barcelona versus Madrid. They're not talking about Italy unless you're listening to my mine and Justin's grandpa. He's talking about Roma, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Justin, please correct me. But everything yeah. else is you're talking about Juventus, especially these last couple of years since Cristiano's gotten there. But you know, it, it, when you hear people talk about soccer, they're usually talking about the EPL. And they're talking right. about everything that's going on. I mean, you have Man City, you have Man United, you have that Leicester story from a couple of years ago, which was, what were they like, plus 10,000 or something? <laughs> the, and, the, you know, the the odds 10 on the beginning bucks. of the season were 5,000 to one. Yep. Exactly. Like that, <laughs> that, put, three bucks, man. Put three bucks down on that. Like, that's fantastic. And it's just, it's so cool. I mean, Liverpool, as you know, we're going to be talking about in a little bit, Arsenal, I like, think there's just so many teams that you hear and you, you say Newcastle, I've, absolutely heard of them before crystal palace if i'm not mistaken which is by far one of the coolest names in all of it's a great name yeah there's so many teams that you hear from the epl that again when you're talking about the other leagues it's the only reason i know dortmund is because i bet on them like a couple (laughs) weeks ago because it's the only thing that's happening right sure i've heard of Bayern munich i've heard of you know some of these other major teams but i couldn't tell you you know three down um and that's why i do think it makes sense this is one of the most famous and most popular sport leagues around the entire world well, I think
1: one of the hugest draws for, that's kind of why I got into the Premier League is that, um, like you said, it, it's not only the the recognition, but it's just that I feel like the style of play in general in the Premier League is is a little bit more entertaining for like the casual fan because it's mm-hmm. a little bit more, uh, you know, fast paced, a little bit more trying to just get right at the goal versus some of those other leagues, which play a lot more possession, a lot more kind of, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, get our opponent to attack us, then we'll counterattack versus the premier league, a lot of these times they go and these teams just go like all out. They try and just destroy each other, which I think makes it a little bit more entertaining. Oh, yeah. watching These guys just pass around for 60 minutes and then they get one little goal and then they pass around. It's like, I don't know. I like the more fast paced, the counterattacks are a little bit more intense. So I think that's a big part of it, you know,
0: in general. I think it helps too that, you know, again, they have some of the biggest teams in all of sports. So they have all the most money in all of sports and some of these contract, oh, yeah. soccer <laughs> contracts that are getting shelled out. You know, we're talking just insane, insane amounts of money. So so I think that part's pretty cool, too. Um, one thing we will not touch upon here is loans and transfers, something I do not understand and something I don't really want to understand It's confusing <laughs> for me and my American sports brain. So we're just going to leave that one alone. But again, fair gonna, enough.
1: It is complicated. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> for sure. I, but I do appreciate you coming on to explain what we're going to be looking at again. So the the EPL is starting on Wednesday. Do you know what that first game is? Now that I think about it, I wish. I had that up first. uh, Do you know who some of the like some early as you mentioned earlier?
1: um, I'm a diehard Man City fan, so I'm very excited. They're one of the opening games this Wednesday. They play against Mm -hmm. Arsenal, who is my brother Nick's favorite team. So Ah. you know, boo Arsenal. I'm not worried about that game. Arsenal. (laughs) Uh, So that that's that'll be good because any again those are like. two of the big six teams in the Premier League. So anytime mm-hmm. you get any matches between those, it's always really entertaining. Um, so that's that's what I'm really looking forward to. And then the rest of the teams will be in action again uh, this weekend. I know mm-hmm. there's another game this is Wednesday there, as well.
0: Yeah, it looks like there's two games Wednesday. Aston Villa. Uh, Aston Villa, yep. Yeah. Thank you. Another really cool name. Yeah. Okay, also awesome name. And Sheffield United are playing at 1 o'clock on Wednesday. Man City Arsenal is at 3.15. Friday we have a couple games. Norwich City, Southampton, Tottenham, and Man United. And then yeah, Saturday we have a bunch, and Sunday we have a bunch. Yeah. So when right. Wednesday on, man, it sounds like you uh, you're gonna have a pretty great weekend. And I think you might even be spending some of it by yourself. So I think this is gonna be pretty <laughs> good for you, huh? But um yeah. I guess in, in terms of uh, the standings, uh, what I have been told and what your show notes say and what these what the point standings say is it's pretty <laughs> much over, correct? Liverpool it's pretty much oh, yeah. pretty much done. Yeah.
1: Liverpool this year were like on a whole nother level. Like it it was like, you know, you saw Man City last year and I thought that was like the craziest thing ever, but then it's like Liverpool's like, hold my beer. We'll show you how to do it now. (laughs) So, you know, from that perspective, it's been a little bit of a dull season for the title this year, but um, from just watching the pure talent and entertainment that Liverpool provided, it's been pretty incredible. Um, They've broken so many, you know, records and they're going to, it's it's too bad that things turned out the way they did because they could have achieved things that nobody had ever you know come close to um they would have far surpassed cities 100 points which was their record at the time they would have gone above above and beyond um so at this point it's it's i mean all but guaranteed they would have to lose like every single game for the end of the year which Mm -hmm. is not going to happen um they actually have a chance to uh win the title as early as next week officially Mm -hmm. um which is pretty exciting for them of course because they haven't won uh The premier league and you know since the 90s so it's they've been waiting a long time um so they deserve it you know and it it really kind of it depends on what happens with man city this week like if they lose um this week on wednesday and liverpool win this weekend then liverpool win the title um, already guaranteed but if city win and um they, all that Liverpool needs to do is get two more wins this year, and it's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be very exciting for them. They have a chance to, uh, if City lose, which they won't because Arsenal sucks, you know. Um, <laughs> if uh, City were to lose, it would be cool for Liverpool because they will be able to win it uh, at one of their big rivals against Everton this weekend. So that would be exciting for all of the fans, bragging rights, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah,
0: so. that's always fun. Um, I, I didn't realize that it's been so long since Liverpool has, has won the EPL, so I think that's kind of nice. Uh, again, you know, talking about some of those other leagues, Bayern Munich, I think nine in a row, I actually I think shorted them. I think it might be closer to like 13 or something ridiculous, as you said, yeah. with Jane. There's really only two teams in Spain that you have to worry about. <laughs> Italy, same thing. I mean, I assume France is PSG or bust. I don't really know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. France. PSG is the same you know, thing. So yeah. Exactly. So it's just one of those things where, you know, it's, Honestly, these leagues kind of for most of the time, you know, other than the EPL, it really just sounds like they're warm ups to get to the Champions League, which is kind of funny. And we'll be talking about that in a second. So I guess is there is there anything else to be I mean, obviously, sports are coming back. So we're going to watch. Obviously, you're a very big fan of the league and of a specific team Man city, as we spoke about. Is there anything really to pay attention to these next couple weeks? I mean, are there as you said there were some records that could have been broken, now there's not, but what are like why should I be tuning in outside of the money that I'm putting down on the games? <laughs> why should I be tuning into these games and and what are some of the things that can actually come from you know, some of the, 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 next few weeks.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like we were saying, even though the title is all but totally clinched um, there still is a lot of things that can, uh, you know, heavily change this year. Uh, you know, starting at the top of the table, there's still the fight for the champions league spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be very interesting because there there's arguably, you know, six or seven teams who are genuinely fighting for those spots. Um, and it's a little murky as far as how they're going to, you know, finish out. The whole thing with Man City and if they're going to be allowed to play again next year, that should be decided. Uh, early July, I'm hoping they'll be okay. Oh, but you I know. Forgot
0: that huge <laughs> scandal, right that huge scandal in like February it came to January, February. Right? yeah,
1: yeah it start, I think it was on literally on like Valentine's Day, they're like, here yeah. you go, you're gonna be banned for two years having all yeah. Day you know. <laughs> um, but from what I understand again, it's it's super complicated legalese. I truly have no idea all that intricate stuff, but more or less man City supposedly lied about some of their funds and transfers and things mm-hmm. like that. Man City's like, what the heck are you talking about? We've been totally open and honest. So, um, it's going to be very interesting because if Man City were to actually, uh, win their appeal, it's going to make the UEFA like, um, uh, judicial board look like crap. Cause it's going to be like, we just got, we're totally wrong. This team totally put us yeah. in our place. So it's going to be like, they're going to lose all their power. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the alternate side, it's like if Man City loses, not only for my fandom, it's going to like totally screw up all their finances. Their players are going to want to leave. It's it's a whole mess. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens, there's going to be a lot of upset people. Yes.
0: yes. And <laughs> um, let be honest, if you're not corrupt in soccer, you're not doing it. right. Really. Like, that's <laughs> just like something I've learned from afar. If you're not being corrupt in some way, shape or form come on man why are you even playing the game so yeah that that's interesting to hear so we have the four top uh, it's it's four teams correct that go to the champions league
1: right yeah so it's well it'll be interesting um it, it really again it all depends on what man city is doing but the way that um england gets guaranteed four spots into the champions league um it's you know it's the top four maybe top five the city doesn't get in um but then the other interesting thing is is that um, Whoever wins the Champions League this year gets an automatic buy-in to next year. Um, okay. So again, that would potentially be like Man City still in the competition. If they were to win it, you know, who's going to get that spot and their England oh, spot? So that would be funny. potentially two spots up for grabs. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know what the tiebreaker would be as far as, you know, that thing. I would assume whoever loses to City in the final gets their spot if that were to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far, yeah, as far as the other teams, there's, you know, there's, there's a several teams that can really fight for it. It's definitely going to be Liverpool. Uh, but then the other three spots would be potentially Leicester, which would be really fun. It could be Chelsea. It could be Man United, which I really hope it's not because I hate them. <laughs> um, and there's even a chance that, you know, there's a team called the Wolverhampton Wolves uh, wow. who are a very cool team. Yeah. Let's go. Um, they have that guy Traore on the team. I don't know if you saw, he was like, he could play in the NFL. He's like super jacked. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they'd be a really fun team. Uh, they're right on, there's a potential, they got a, uh, couple matchups left this season with some of these other teams fighting for the spot. So that could really go either way. Um, And, you know, not only as fans of these teams is this huge, but you think about the amount of money that these teams get from the TV deals from playing in the champions league. So we're talking tens of millions of dollars for just being in this competition. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's huge. And, you know, especially in this time where all these teams are, you know, losing money like they never had before the opportunity to get some of that back uh, would be tremendous. So there's going to be a lot of intrigue, you know, as far as what to watch for on the top end. Um, and then on the other side of the table, there's also something that's always fun to watch, unless your team's down there, is the relegation battle. Mm. Uh, which, thankfully, Man City has not been in, you know, issues with that for a long time. So um, every year, it's it's something that I wish you could see in every single sport across the world is, is the bad teams not just giving up to get better draft picks. As these teams are literally fighting for their ability to stay um, you know, in the Premier League, you know, for all the financial stuff, but also for the embarrassment of getting dropped down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that you can't even I can't even imagine what that would feel like is, you know, as a player as a fan of the club, anybody involved, it's like, what, what a terrible feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be a very, very close finish right there. Because again, just like the top, there's probably six or seven teams who realistically are fighting to stay up. Um, you know, of those teams, Norwich is in dead last right now, there are six points from the team right above them. And they're, um, you know, pretty far so from safety.
0: Just to clarify, is it just a single team that gets dropped down and then one team would come up from that second division? Like, how does that process work?
1: Yeah, so the way it works is in the Premier League, the bottom three teams, they get relegated, so they drop down. And then in the, the second division team, which is called the Championship, they, whoever wins a championship gets an automatic, uh, birth into the premier league. Mm-hmm. And then what they would typically do, I don't know how they're doing it this year, but what they would typically do is for the other two spots, they would have, uh, four teams playing like a mini tournament for those last two spots, uh, which is pretty cool. So, um, you know, I, I would imagine they would probably follow a similar protocol as normal, but again, that's been up for debate. Um, and, and what's really intriguing is that, uh, for these teams in the relegation battle, a lot of them, uh, they rely so heavily on their home games because they need that little bit of help they get from their fans, you know, any difference it can make. Mm-hmm. And now that they're losing that chance this year, it's like, it's totally going to shift everything, which really stinks for some of these teams. Cause it's like, had the schedule been different, they might've played some of the easy teams early in the year when they had these fans there. But now some of these guys are getting stacked up against the really big team. So it's like, they're kind of, you know, in, in, in not a great place. That's, that's um, really
0: interesting, especially when you, you do bring that into effect. I mean, soccer and the fans, it's, it's, the, the two sports that I would say get affected the most by fans would be college football because they're like 18 year old kids and then <laughs> soccer because half of them are like 18 year old kids. So I think that part is really interesting and you make a really good point that that doesn't even really cross my mind, especially those bottom teams that is something that they're really, really fighting to make sure they get out of because if I can't remember which game it is, but it's like considered the most like lucrative game in the world. It's either that, that last team, the team from the second division moving up, or it's that last, like one of those last team relegations to move down. Cause I think the game itself, if you win and you move up to champions league, it's, Essentially worth like $150 million because you get all the TV rights and you get all the other opportunities and all these other things. So it's always very interesting to kind of see how that works. And I totally agree, man. I wish, like, why were the Browns in the NFL for like 10 <laughs> years, Derek? I couldn't I make it like down to the CFL or something, Exactly. <laughs> like, get the hell out of here. Give it to the XFL. That's what I would have been yeah. XFL, but uh, that's RIP XFL. So <laughs> I, I like that, especially because, again, I don't understand but they're against a playoff system. Doesn't make any sense to me. You say money and you think they would come running because even if you just put the top two teams against each other, that would be bigger than the Super Bowl. And it's not even a question, I don't think. But that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> with with the fact that there is still something to play for, especially these bottom teams, it sounds like just, just that middle chunk that's just kind of chilling at this point. What is the point for some of these players to come back and risk their health? Um, just to kind of name out it, like, Nick says don't give up on Arsenal, but I'm sorry, dude, just kind of looking at the standings. I mean, if they can make it to five, because technically if Man City's then kicked out, so I guess (laughs) they're only a few points behind. So that actually makes sense. But a team like Newcastle, a team like Brighton, it doesn't really look like they're going to drop down that far. I mean, why do some of these players, Crystal Palace, to name another, like why are some of these players even considering coming back? Like what the heck's the point at that? Like, well,
1: I, I think there's, there's probably, you know, two big reasons, um, Number one is is the reason why most of these guys are playing is that they love the game. So I think they just want to get back to that normalcy. Exactly. Um, they want to do what they enjoy. They want to, you know, get back with their – these teammates of theirs that have become like family over the years. Um, and then the other side of it is that at the end of the day, all of these guys are playing for their jobs. So um, it, it, it's, it's not like in some others – like if they were superstars, they, they guarantee they're going to play again next year. But mm-hmm. a lot of these guys are not not necessarily in that position. Um, so a lot of them, you know, towards the end of the season are trying to impress, uh, not only their coaches, but potential scouts from all these other teams that would, you know, swoop in over the, a normal summer transfer period and and grab them up. Um, so I think that that's probably their hugest incentive is to, you know, uh, you know, bring that back, that sense of normalcy that they've been craving. And it's just, they want to market themselves. They want to, you know, make themselves presentable because a lot of these guys are going to be moving around at the end of the season. Um, and you know, who knows what their future will hold. So if they're holding out, they might not necessarily have the opportunity to play again, uh, you know, moving forward. And as far as like just these middle teams in general, um, at the end of the season, every team in the Premier League gets part of this big prize money fund. So it's like the higher up the table you are, the more money you get. So it's like there's always that incentive to play for, too. Um, and individually, all, all of these guys have all these really intricate co- contracts that say, like, if you start this amount of games, if you score this many goals, if you complete, yeah. all you know, all these little things that um you know the money's always a part of it
0: <laughs> incentives man incentives they work they work pretty damn well so that seems like a pretty solid rundown of the premier league i mean can we like with there's only how many games they're only playing
1: so um uh, the they, they play, play a total of uh some teams uh, have just nine left and a couple have 10 left that's all that, that's all that they have
0: okay so can we start looking ahead to next year already or are we really, are, are we going to go Champions League first and then, like, how does the schedule work, like, when players can start to move, as you were saying before? Well, in, in a normal, normal world, a lot of the player
1: contracts typically end at the end of June, because that's kind of like the uh, European soccer fiscal year, whatever you want to call it. It's usually like their contracts go June to June. Um Because uh, in a typical year, all the leagues will be wrapped up by then the Champions League would be done. They're kind of in their international break where if there's like a World Cup, European Mm -hmm. Championship, Copa, whatever, that's when those guys go off and do that. But that's kind of their off period. Um, Now, pretty much everybody's contracts have been extended to the end of whatever their league season is um, or potentially, you know, extended further depending on the situation. So that's been a very complex thing. I don't know all the intricacies of Mm -hmm. that, but I know that... um, like, for example, on Manchester City, there's a guy called David Silva whose contract was set to expire this year, um, but he totally got it rearranged so he was able to finish out um, yeah. if they, however far they go in the Champions League, anything like that, and then he'll move on, that kind of thing. So,
0: that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think most players would do that. It, they'd be stupid if they acted like the Major League Baseball. Player, right? <laughs> like they, they would be dumb to let let this amount of money really get in front of everything so that way no one makes any money rather than everybody makes some money. I, I don't right. know just seems like a novel concept that some other leagues around the world can really pay attention to and take advantage of not being salty at all. So it <laughs> sounds like we did a pretty damn good job. You did a pretty damn good job at explaining what's going on with the EPL. And now I guess, so top four teams are going to the champions league for next season, but the champions league, from this past season is still going on and i know we just got some recent information how comfortable are you describing a little bit of that information for us for these next and then do do they have a timetable when it's going to start when it's going to end anything like that what how, how much do you know at this point
1: yeah so um you know ever since the competition was suspended they've been throwing out how ideas how to finish it up um and thankfully they reached the decision early on that they were going to postpone everything until all of the leagues were concluded from their Mm -hmm. domestic cups um, because they knew that there's no way to coordinate all the games they had to play all the travel and all that stuff. Um, So they initially, when this whole thing started, they said, we're going to suspend it till everybody wraps up their domestic leagues. And then we'll have, you know, a condensed version of the remainder of the champions league tournament. Um, And initially, or typically I should say the champions league, what they do at this stage is they play, Uh, you know, home and away leg between the two teams as they progress up until the final. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, obviously, since travel is so impacted, they don't want anybody going to different countries multiple times, potentially spreading it, you know, that type of stuff. So um, what they did, which I'm really excited for, is they came up with the idea and said, let's just do it one quick tournament, you know, kind of like a World Cup style type thing all in one place, um, which was great. And they were kind of throwing at different host cities, they were saying what's going to be Um, a city that's, you know, handled the situation pretty well in general, what's going to be a good city as far as, um, you know, the proximity of the airport to the stadiums, like things like that. And, um, what they did was they settled on playing in Lisbon in Portugal. Um, and I think one of the main reasons, like I said, was the, the proximity to the airport. It was easy for all these countries to get there. Um, they have two major stadiums inside uh, the city. So they were able to rotate, not just play in like one big stadium and just destroy the field, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and from my understanding, what they're going to be doing, like literally they decided, you know, a couple hours ago is that they're going to have the remainder of the games played out um, over about 12 days. They're going to, um, you know, some of the quarterfinals had already finished up uh, like, like Liverpool has been eliminated by let Madrid, stuff like that. Like that's going to stand, but there's other teams like uh, Manchester city and Real Madrid who had played their first leg, but they never got to play their second leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll finish up their second leg. And then, um, you know, they'll continue to play as far as they progress throughout the tournament. So that should be really exciting to have all these great teams that are in one city playing through, you know, 10, 12 mm-hmm. days, whatever it
0: is, uh, make for some great TV. And uh, is, I'm looking forward is, to that, awesome. you know, and when, when is did they say do they have like tentative dates? I, I missed it if you said it.
1: Yeah, I believe it's it's like August like eighth or something like that. I forget the exact date, but it's it's like the first half of August. They're going to try and wrap it up because you know they have to already get started on their next you know uh, these next competitions because typically most of these countries would start their normal season in August. So mm-hmm. everything's being slightly pushed back, but um, you know it's it's going to be interesting to see how they all do all that because this is all still pending. Teams being okay to travel. This is all pending. Governments being like. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna let all these people come, you know that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's not as simple as just waif is like we're gonna play soccer, you know. So yeah. it's gonna be interesting.
0: <laughs> it's, it's not, but again, there's enough money involved. And Nick, when's your bachelor party again? I think I think it's gonna land somewhere in there, which is gonna be pretty sweet. So very, should work out very, well. Yeah, very excited for that. I mean, for your bachelor party, we went and hung out and we watched the World Cup. So if that was know, incredible. We will yeah. the the Champions League because it sounds like games are just gonna be on all day, and we'll get to enjoy the heck out of that. So very excited. <laughs> Oh, there goes Chucky. my dog. My <laughs> goodness. Chucky, What is that? He couldn't even see me. Why is he so angry? I don't get it. I, I don't know, man. He's crazy. Um, more, he needs a... more Prozac or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't we all, man. Don't we all. Um, So, I actually, I messed up. Now, looking back at the notes, I kind of went Champions League first, but we actually, there was some more about relegation. Do you kind of want to talk about some of the teams that you think have the I guess best or the worst shot at getting relegated <laughs> this year because it seems like there's actually a few that are kind of in the running for lack of a better term.
1: yeah, so um kind of, as I'd said before, I think Norwich is all but guaranteed to be out yeah. they're they're in dead last. they have a tough remaining schedule. they play um you know several of the higher end teams, so they're they're pretty much guaranteed they're going to be one of the three. Um, then as far as the other two, that, that truly is, you know, anybody's guess. What I was thinking was looking at their schedule, seeing who they had as far as some of the more difficult opponents. Um, and based on the remaining schedules of these teams, I think it's probably going to be, um, Aston Villa or Brighton, uh, would be the other two. Mm -hmm. Um, but that being said, there's, you know, several other teams, there's Bournemouth, there's Watford, there's West uh, Ham. Um, these all teams are within, you know, two points of each other, three points Mm -hmm. of each other. So it's truly going to come down to. Uh, For some of these teams, the very last game of the season, it's going to be, you know, all or nothing in those situations. Um, And a big part of it is going to be also their goal differential because that's their first tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if they're level on points, they go to goal differential, they go to head to head and so on and so on. But um, goal differential is going to be huge because a lot of these teams have been getting pummeled all season. They get crushed by, you know, some of these other teams, four or five, nothing. Um, So it's really going to be interesting to see how these guys try to strategically stay alive because, Mm -hmm. You know, as we said before, the 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 money, the um, you know, desire to display in the, in in their eyes, probably the the best league in the world. Like all these things, they want to stick around for, um, because I, I know it's hard to truly calculate the difference between playing in the Premier League but playing in the uh, Championship. But um, some estimates I was able to find, they said that. A team that drops down from the Premier League loses pretty much 50 million dollars in their first year, 50 million pounds, sorry, in their first year, um, which is tremendous. 75
0: (laughs) million, if very
1: quick, poor math is right. Yeah, that's
0: a lot of money. My goodness.
1: Yeah. Um, And, you know, for a lot of these clubs, especially now that are really on the verge of bankruptcy, that is, you know, life or death for, for assigning good players, for not even dropping further down because there's like five divisions in England. So you can keep dropping depending on how crappy you do. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you don't want to go down that slope. Um, You know, they do get these things called parachute payments, which kind of help them out a little bit. Like, yeah, you got relegated. So we're going to try and help you not Mm -hmm. totally bottom out. But even so you're still, you're still losing all that money. So um, if you're a betting man, like Justin or Mike, I'd put my money on Norwich, Aston and uh, Brighton. But then again,
0: could be anyone <laughs> you never know maybe i'll uh maybe i'll put a couple bets in them we'll, we'll see how that goes and then so moving forward um as you said before the the usually contracts end in june because the season is finished by then it looks like we're going obviously further than that at this point i mean we, we have at least 10 games left i know they're trying to smash this down but how many yeah i have to assume it's at least like five I have to guess like five days between games. Right. So that's still another, like almost two months. Like 50, well,
1: it, it's going to vary. I think, um, I think some weeks are going to be a little bit more heavy. Like some weeks they might play like three games. Um, but other weeks they might get like a week off. It's going to kind of be like, um, I think they're going to ease into it a little bit. Like in the beginning of this, they're going to have like two games a week. That's it. But then like, there might be a couple of weeks where they're playing, you know, every three days or so, um, just cause they, they got to get it done and there's yeah. really not an alternative to it, you know?
0: So what like in terms of starting the next season, I think you put here in the notes that it's supposed to start originally slated to start August 8th. I mean, when like, it, are there numbers floating around? Like we've been hearing since the NBA was on pause, everyone was like, oh, this is perfect. They'll just start it on Christmas like they should anyway. And the NBA <laughs> comes out and they're like, yeah, we probably should just start it on Christmas. So this works out really yeah. well. Like, is there anything like that? Because now all these contracts are going to get it moved around. The the ramifications for next season, obviously this season is is very obvious but next season in all of these sports i think it's going to you know become obvious when we get there are they going to shorten seasons have there been like any at least conversations that you've read or or heard about yet
1: yeah so i think um a lot of the leagues were waiting to see what the champions league was going to do and if they go forward with this plan i think they can actually start to you know hammer down a specific date because um you know from the beginning of all this when they agreed like august is going to be you know we're going to be done with our titles or our our domestic Mm -hmm. leagues by august we'll finish up champions league ideally around then and then probably september has been going to be when they'll you know start it back up again um i know if this plan goes forward with champions league they're not going to start up again until october they're going to wait a month or so in between um and you know they're even looking as far out to uh, changing the whole schedule up until the next world cup actually because um uh, i don't know how familiar you are. the next world cup is supposed to be in the winter uh, which is going to be a little bit different
0: oh yeah because it's qatar, qatar right yeah. C- yeah Qatar, qatar
1: i call it qatar i don't I have, I have no <laughs> idea yeah <whatever>. someone <laughs> but yeah me if you want but so since it's the you know the the, the weather there is so hot in the summer that, that all these countries are like there's no way we're coming to you guys in june like it's going to be absurd for our, for the players and for all these people coming to this country so they're like no we're gonna you know shift it to playing in november um so at that point they're like yeah we'll have to adjust all the seasons now but in a way it's, it might potentially work out slightly better because they can shift everything that couple of months out, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so it kind of might work out that way where if they, you know, the normal start date would be in August. If they push it back a little bit, um, they're going to have to adjust, of course, um, you know, the European championship, Mm -hmm. which is supposed to be this summer. They're going to have to adjust that next summer, the timing of it and things like that. So, um, I I think it's hard for any of these leagues just to plan that far in advance because, you know, who knows what's going to happen this. So it's kind of like they take it a couple months at a time.
0: Yeah. I mean, who, who would have guessed corruption and a pandemic just go absolutely hand in hand, man. How fantastic <laughs> yeah. is that? And, and I guess, so, you know, we, we spoke about it for a second before, but again, I don't understand the transfers. I don't understand the the loans. I feel like that's another 50 minutes on its own, just for me to <laughs> understand it. I guess like what, if they condense the schedule to that point, if they make it so that everything is, you know, it, we're, we're ending in August and starting in October, is there enough time to conduct all this business that needs to be done or are some of these things kind of already being discussed on the table um, before they really pull the trigger. It's kind of already almost finalized before they just kind of put their name on the paper. How, how does it normally work like that?
1: Well, I, you know, a, a huge part with all these, these leagues and all these uh, teams and the governing bodies and all that is, it's like we we're saying for a lot of it's just about the kind of money they're going to be making. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's really hard for all these teams to agree to something, especially right now in the middle of the season um because like even just restarting the premier league there's you know a lot of these teams that are like saying on the relegation side they were like this is not fair how can we finish out a season when we don't get the opportunity to play in front of our fans that kind of yeah. stuff um and they have a point to that of course but it's like i think that regardless of the changes they make they're going to make people upset they're going to have disagreements you know that's, so it's kind yeah, of
0: that's expected
1: <laughs> so so in in my eyes it kind of seems like they're They're thinking, you know, long-term, of course, like, what are we going to do next year? But right now, I think their focus has always just been, let's finish up this season, see how it goes, and then depending on what type of things that are successful, we can carry that moving forward. Um, There's been talks about shortening the schedule. There's been talks about, um, you know, when they first talked about restarting the Premier League, they said, we might not even uh, relegate anyone. We might just keep the teams the way they are for the sake Mm -hmm. of scheduling and all that stuff. So um it's it's very complicated because there's so many, um, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, if you will. There's too many teams and too many people that have input on these things. So it's not like it's just one person in charge of everything. Uh, and as we've said many times, there's always that that little bit of corruption, that little bit of, you know, uh, backdoor stuff that we don't know what's happening. Um, you know, they've been trying to be more transparent ever since the set ladder thing. But, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're not yeah. perfect by any means. Yeah.
0: It is what it is. I don't know, man. As I was saying earlier, if there was um now thinking about it, if there was ever a time to implement a uh, you know, just a championship matchup, one versus two, I think they'd make a lot of that money back just in the TV yeah. rights alone worldwide. I think Amazon would pay a billion dollars for that alone. <laughs> and I think they recoup a lot of the money that they saved. So if anyone from the EPL wants to talk, I'm more than open to, uh, taking a finder's fee on that idea. And I'll, I'll, I'll graciously share some of it with my co-host today, Jeremy, right? Jeremy, this was absolutely fantastic. I think we did a pretty killer job at covering all this stuff. I had a couple mix-ups, but I think other than that, no one really noticed. And I think it was a great stuff. So thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, I appreciate your time today, man. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I, I was happy to be on, you know, I'll definitely like to come back. We can always, there's yeah. always more soccer to talk about, you know, and, uh, in a couple of weeks, you never know what's going to be different in the world of sports in general. So I was happy to be a part of this,
0: hopefully more sports. And if anyone out there is listening, uh, Jeremy, as I said, he had a shout out on a previous episode with his soccer coach, Peter Urich, uh, author, speaker, coach, but Jeremy actually gets brought up a lot. Whenever I talk about teachers, this is the gentleman I am talking about. So anyone out there noticing now, you know, put in voice, to the name if you're watching (laughs) put a face to the name know that he helps our youth and we appreciate him there but thank you so much jeremy Wright. all around great dude good friend of mine appreciate your time today brother absolutely my pleasure